Let's head back to Ukraine. For the last month, millions in that country have made that very difficult choice to leave home, leaving behind their lives, most of what they own, often women and children leaving behind their husbands who are staying on to fight in what is their hometown. I spoke, first spoke to, uh, to Kizniak a month ago just days after she and her husband and their two daughters, aged six and eight, had fled Kiev after several nights sleeping in a bomb shelter, deciding that the war was simply too close to their family for comfort. He returned uh, to continue in the military effort there. She and her kids have settled into life into, in Western Ukraine for now, but war for her still looms very large. And Kizniak joins me now. Welcome back. Hi, Ben. Thank you. I guess just uh, it's been more than a month now. Uh, you've decided to stay in Ukraine. I know at one point there were talk. You were when I last spoke to you, you were talking perhaps of moving on uh, to another country, to a Poland or a Romania. What made you decide to stay? Well, you know, still it's my homeland, just like I said before. So so far uh, we feel safe here uh, in the west of Ukraine. Uh, so it, it, it's still we have. Uh, uh, air alerts here, but um, there's only few missile attacks were in Lviv, which is pretty far from us. So we hope we are in a safe zone. And for us, staying in Ukraine is really helpful because, you know, like it's the land that give us our our power because mm. it's like our, it's, it's our home. We feel better here. We don't want to go to the we don't want to go abroad. Me, at least I don't want to go abroad because my parents did go to Paris to my stepsister's house. So they're safe as well. Um, but uh, I'm deciding, I decided to stay here also because my husband serves in the army and I want to be somewhere as close to him as possible, I guess. He's still in Kiev, right? He was sorry. He when you uh, left, no, he right behind now it. he's uh, he's sobbing somewhere somewhere in the near area in the west of Ukraine, also. But still, he probably could be uh, transferred somewhere else. I don't know yet. Right, and I guess from your circle of friends, people have gone to all kinds of different places, right? They've, yeah, they've scattered, yeah. yeah. Like I, I have four friends, and we had a Zoom meeting <laughs> just to see each other, like in you know, the last few days. One of them is in uh, near Nizza, uh, another one is in Frankfurt, the other one is in Kazakhstan, Astana, right. and uh, and I'm here in the west of Ukraine. And everybody wants to go home so much, so yeah, much. I can imagine. Do you do you have any update on how your place, how your home is doing? I, I know, of course, there's been shelling in Kiev, not widespread, but enough. Yes, so far it's standing. So far everything. <laughs> fine and i like have my whatsapp chat with the neighbors in uh, our in, in our home so there are some neighbors who live there in kiev in our house and so we keep in touch and they're saying that so far everything is okay because i was looking back of course you've posted some pictures over time just of what life was like in those first few days of the invasion of course like many people you wound up spending time in in a shelter in a bomb shelter uh, I can't imagine what it must be like for people who've had to do that now for weeks and weeks and weeks on end. I don't, I don't, I can't even imagine because, you know, I feel right now that we are so lucky that we got out of Kiev like in the first few days of the war, because I know those people who stayed in Kharkiv 
in Kiev also and who had to sleep in the subway, who had to stay uh, in the underground all the nights because of the missile attacks. And this is such a traumatic experience for them and for their children. I just, I, I, I can't even realize that. It's really hard. I know there was one picture of you actually that you posted in the, the shelter in Kiev with your kids. And it was one of the, it was very striking. And you've seen, we've seen pictures obviously from Kharkiv and the subway system of people with their kids and trying to, how have you tried to, how do you explain or do you explain any of this? Because I know even when you first left, you weren't really telling the kids too, too much. And then all of a sudden you had to say, this is what's happening. Uh, how, how do you have that conversation? Well, we had, a, uh, we had that conversation on the second day when we realized we have to leave our home and we told them that there's a war and they know right now it's war. Yeah. Russia attacked Ukraine. We have war, we have soldiers, we have tanks, we have missile attacks. That's what's happening in our country. And they all know that right now. All, all of our children know that. They're playing like and saying that, ah, you're a Russian soldier, I'm an Ukrainian soldier. That's that's our new reality, actually. That's and and I, I guess for you, for for, for parenting, it must be because it's a complete change of routine for them. They're not. They're, is there school or the, how how have you been handling just the day to day? Well, uh, they're not going to school right now. They have their like uh, online uh, online classes uh, in the in the school here in Bergova. Uh, we really hope that there's gonna be there's gonna start online classes with our Kiev school teacher, but we're not sure yet if that's gonna happen. Uh, yes, it's a completely new reality for all of us. Uh, it's like a bad dream which came true. I don't know, like a film or a movie. A bad movie yeah. with a bad with a bad screenplay. I'm speaking with Senya Kizniak, an actress and lifestyle blogger, wife, mom of two girls, uh, aged six and nine, or ages six and nine. She's in Bergovod, Western Ukraine now, having left Kiev a month ago. We first spoke. Um, do you do you worry at all about? We've seen attacks in Lviv now where we hadn't before. Are you worried at all that that this war may find you again? Yes, sure. But, you know, I realized in uh, like in this uh, few weeks, I realized that there's no such thing like safety in Ukraine. It's like illusion that you can go somewhere and it's going to be complete safe here. No, we have the country and we have this war and this war is everywhere. Even if there's no max right now, right here, still we have a lot of things that's going on that remind us it's war. We have volunteers who are taking some medical things, medical packs, and send them to Kyiv or to other cities which are under attack right now. We have uh, military people in the cities. Uh, we have a lot of... Uh, we like this air alerts even here in the in Zakarpatsko. It's the safest place in Ukraine, but still airs are even here, and we can't run away from them. But I really hope that staying here. I don't know. Somehow I feel that I'm part of this my country's body, and that's why I want to. I want to stay here. I want to be this small part of it maybe maybe yeah. because of it 
I, I think having spoken to people who've left, I think that makes perfect sense, of course, because it is so difficult to leave. What have you been doing um, since then to try and, I mean, how do you, how do you stay busy or how do you help, in other words, with, the, with this broader defense effort? Oh, well, we have a lot of things to do. We, um, we have a lot of uh, volunteer groups who helps to, like, to keep, to, how to say it in English, or... Uh, <laughs> We have a lot of things to pack for Kiev, you know, because here in the west of Ukraine, we have open shops, we have open, like, uh, everything is working. Um, we have all the things we need. But there, back there in Kiev, in Kharkiv, and in all the cities which are near the front line, it's pretty difficult with many things, with medicine, with uh, some... I don't know, uh, and also with the military things. So we have a lot of things to do here to help our army, to help to help those people who stay there in their homes and who are in danger right now. Uh, like the whole the whole Ukraine right now is a big whole volunteering country. And you're involved in that as well. I, I guess it's it's organized within the place. But you just find each other and then decide on on things you're going to do and how how to get it to the people who need it. Yeah, something like that. It's uh, it's not really. Um, there's a lot of small groups of uh, volunteers, and they're like a, a whole net uh, of Ukraine who helps each other, calling each other, saying, "Yes, we have this, and you have that. Let's change, or let's let us send you something, or let us something uh, for you." And it's working pretty good. <laughs> so you just go out and so, in other words, you just find out what the need is, go fill the need and trying to get it to people. I guess that's more effective in the, for the time being than trying to rely on some big international organization to deliver yeah. aid, for instance. Yeah, yeah. What, I mean, if this continues on, will you, st- I gather you'll stay put. This, this is you, as long as you can, you'll stay where you are. Yeah. We really hope, you know, each one of us is waiting for the signal you can come back home. Even if it's not going to be like 100% safe, we all want to get into our homes. But I don't know. Uh, n- nobody can say what's going to be next. No- nobody can have this prognosis uh, really good. So we just do what we can. We just do what we can. And day by day, that's all we have to do. That's all, all that left for us. Well, Zenyak Kizhniak, thank you so much for your time again. I appreciate it, as always, and, and good luck. And I hope to catch up with you again uh, in a few months. Hopefully, you'll be back in Kiev by then. Thank you.